Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bender. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. We are continuing on with our season preview series here tonight to chat about the Purdue Boilermakers who had their first, I guess, step back of a season in quite some time last year. They ended up finishing with an underwhelming 16-15 and 15 overall record despite some pretty good advanced metrics likely would have missed the NCAA tournament if the season had concluded. But, of course, things were called short due to COVID. And um, the program now hopes to get back on track uh, as far as the expectations most have, have come to expect out of West Lafayette. And to help us break them down, we have Casey from Hammer and Rails. Uh, Casey, how's it going? Oh, doing good. You talk of a fictitious season that never happened, so I, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're bringing up. Fair enough, fair enough. And before we get into Purdue here, if you just want to remind people, you know where they can check out your stuff and what you guys do over at Hammer and Rails. Oh yeah, we're uh, hammerandrails.com. You can find me on Twitter at Casey Bartley HR. Um, pretty much, we cover all Purdue athletics. Uh, you know, football, basketball. Occasionally, soccer, golf, whenever we're good at those. Um, you know, a little bit of everything. We've been trying to keep busy with nothing happening. Fair enough. Fair enough, as have we all. But with that, let, let's jump right into it as, as far as Purdue. Last season, I, I know Purdue fans may not want to remember it all that much, but did happen, um, or at least most of it happened before the end got cut off there due to COVID. But Purdue ends up 16 and 15 overall. As I mentioned, their advanced numbers look pretty good. They they finished 24th on Ken Palm, but don't really have the resume to match it. First, uh, overall thoughts just on last season uh, for Purdue and just the mindset of the fan base heading into this season. I mean, last year was obviously a little rough up and down, though with our wins and schedule, like it it literally came down to one game. Uh, the Nebraska game, if pretty won, they're probably in the tournament with a win or two in the Big Ten tournament. Mm. And everything would have been fine because we were a young team, everyone taking new roles. But we lost a game that was absolutely inexcusable to lose. It was enough to show that Purdue just wasn't good last year and they didn't have the players. Um, obviously, the offseason was pretty active for us with Matt Harms and Nojo Eastern, who were supposed to be – uh, our bookend seniors that were supposed to propel this pro- program back this year, uh, both decided to transfer. Um, Harms's was, you know, relatively simple and drama free as he just decided to go to BYU and they accepted him. No till Eastern, a little less so. Um, tried to go to Big Ten rival Michigan. Um, a little bit of a snafu. Um, mm-hmm. Announced it, then didn't happen. Um, decided to go to what, Howard? Right. Yes, yes, the uh, the resurgence of, of Howard. I believe they got a five-star this year, too. So, uh, team to watch, team to watch. Yeah, not really, because uh, <laughs> I you don't want to talk bad. I mean, there was obviously the big scandal with Painter talking a little bad about uh, both those guys, but it's pretty clear from on the court last season and then how this offseason handled. Those guys just were not um, – prepared, ready, whether it was mental, emotional, on the court, just their skill set. We're not ready to lead a team. Um, you know what? They're gone now, and that's fine. 
Harms left because he got beat out by another big man. Eastern left because he was never that good on offense. Um, so say lovey. Oh. Um, good for them. Uh, I, I I hope them both the best luck. Uh, they're gone now. That's fine. And Purdue's got a bunch of really exciting freshmen coming in this year. Um, players that really had to stretch themselves last year and um, hopefully a lot more shooting on the court this year. So. I am deciding to be positive looking forward and forgetting last year happened. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, before we do move on, I, I did want to note a, a couple of my thoughts here as far as last season is concerned for Purdue. The first, I think, that really needs to be mentioned, and for those who might have listened to our Minnesota Preview podcast, this is going to sound very similar, and I, I think it's oh. for good reason. I think Purdue and Minnesota were almost oh, identical. You careful, sir. Careful. <laughs> very, very similar profiles last year. And what I mean are really good advanced stats, uh, advanced stats that would suggest they were more than good enough to make the NCAA tournament. In fact, again, Purdue finished in the top 25 on Ken Palm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive that – they were considered outside the bubble or at least on the very, very edge of the bubble to make the NCAAs with that kind of statistical profile. And um, they finished barely, you know, one game above 500. Again, we don't know what would have happened in the Big Ten tournament, but one game above 500 and two big reasons in, in my view. First off, schedule is brutal. They finished with the sixth ranked schedule nationally as far as Ken Palm is concerned. And just the Big Ten was so deep last year. I mean, the only off nights that you get were Nebraska and Northwestern. You mentioned Purdue tripped up against Nebraska in the, in the first game. Mm-hmm. But those are really the only teams that were weak at all last year in the Big Ten. So just a brutal slate. And um, Ken Palm, I, I mentioned Purdue comes in at 24th, but Ken Palm also does – a, a specific metric. So he'll score the team. Zero is supposed to be like the complete average team. Purdue ends up with plus 18.57, which probably doesn't mean much for people off the top of the, their heads. But I looked at just some recent Big Ten teams. And here are some of the teams. Again, if you listen to the Minnesota podcast, going to be very similar. But uh, last year's Rutgers team, last year's Illinois team, last year's Indiana team, all three finished well below Purdue's mark on Ken Palm last year. Rutgers would have made the tournament. Illinois was a game out of the Big Ten uh, title. Uh, They would have gotten a share if if they won just one more game. Indiana, again, was considered on the bubble after their win against Nebraska, which I think was the last Power 5 game of last season. They were considered in. And then a a couple other teams, Wisconsin in 2015-16 when they made the Sweet 16, they were – only a 16.55, so two points lower than Purdue last season. They made the Sweet 16. A number of other teams, Iowa a couple of years ago, Michigan State that made the round of two, uh, 32, that Northwestern team that made the tournament, all of these were lower than Purdue statistically. So I, I think that is just wild that a team with this profile didn't make it. You can get into whether it was misleading, what have you, but I say that for two reasons. One, last year was a really weird year. Secondly, this team is not starting from the bottom. This is not your typical 500-ish team. This is a team that was way better than its final record. And um, I know fans are down because they lost a lot of those tight games down the stretch. But I I think Purdue is starting in a pretty solid spot entering the season, even though the general markers such as conference record, overall record, don't seem to suggest that. So 
I wanted to get that out there off the top. Um, and as we move into um, departures, uh, newcomers, you mentioned a couple of them. Eastern's gone. Harms is gone. Those are probably two of the bigger ones. Um, anybody else who you think is a notable departure that that fans should be aware of? And then secondly, you mentioned the freshman coming in, but the biggest uh, newcomers that you're excited about. Are you trying to bait me into saying Boudreaux's name? Is that, is that what you want to hear? <laughs> sure, sure. He wasn't good either. Like, <laughs> we lost like three mostly bums. They weren't bad, but they all had like a very easy weakness that was easy to exploit and made them one dimensional players at best. Um, Boudreaux was like a half dimension everywhere. What, what, and that's not great. He actually played really well towards the end of the year. Um, which is fine, but no, everyone that left, it, it's fine. We have better players at that position coming in. Um, much more excited about who's coming in. <laughs> I, I just have to know before you move on uh-huh. that this is the most fan thing ever. You know, everybody who leaves is the worst player. No, 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 no. Look, I, I think I came on here last year and I, and I warned everyone about talking up uh, Matt Harms. And like, he looks like a good defensive player. He's never been a good defensive center. He gets mm-hmm. worked in the pick and roll constantly. Um, not a very good rebounder. Uh, he's a backup center. Like we lost mm-hmm. a backup center. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway, we lost last year because of guard play. Um, we did not have very good guard play. Eric Hunter is um, a decent third guard, as we saw when he played as a true freshman with Carson and Klein. Um Plays pretty solid defense, can shoot the ball, but he's not going to initiate an offense in a way that uh, you need when you don't have other playmakers. And so we're bringing on four freshmen, two of the redshirt variety, two of the true freshmen um, that are all ball handlers and playmakers in some variety. Um, Most excited about Jaden Ivey. This kid from South Bend played at La La Maria or whatever it is. Um, just the kind of on the ball playmaker shot maker that can really keep an offense going. You can run pick and rolls with him. He can get to the hoop. He can make plays. He can make shots. The, um, when they had a little, a little scrimmage in Mackey, uh, uh, with a bunch of the highly touted, uh, Indiana players, uh, I had a buddy who happened to be there at the time and was watching and he's like, Ivy just tore everyone apart. And that's the kind of player he is. And that's the exact kind of player Purdue needs. And he comes in with uh, another hybrid guard forward, uh, Ethan Morton, who is six, six and lanky um, can shoot the ball pretty well. Amazing passer, um, beautiful outlet pass pretty much um, for someone who has like good handle and good shoot and everything. Ev- like all of his highlights, most of them were like these full court oppo hands, uh, like, outlet passes and it's just a thing of beauty um it's just a really nice player that's going to step in able to make shots make plays for everyone else and then we've got the two red shirts mason gillis is a hybrid tweener little wing but you know positionless basketball is what we're here for now um could be solid uh probably not going to play a ton ton depending on how aaron wheeler plays but then uh the player i'm most excited for um redshirt Brandon Newman uh, out of Valparaiso. This guy was a walking bucket in high school. Um, 
Word on the street I heard is he redshirted, not because of any physical limitations, just mentally he wasn't there, um, how to run plays at a college level, um, really worked on that over the year. And he has one of the purest, quickest jump shots while being able to jump uh, up to about 12 feet. So athlete that can shoot. We're just bringing guards in um, to surround Travion Williams, and I'm excited. It's going to be fun to watch Purdue basketball again because it was not fun last year. Thomas, um, I really hurt last year a lot. Fair enough. Um, it, as far as the departures, from my perspective, I'm I'm not willing to go to the uh, the bum classification on these guys. Okay. But are you are you're, you're a Michigan fan at heart, right? I I am. Yeah. So. When Purdue came in and played Michigan, did you ever go, oh, no, no, Jell Eastern has the ball? Oh, no, Matt Harms has the ball. Uh, Michigan had a lot of success against Harms, in, including in a Big Ten tournament game a couple years ago. So I I'm, I have good memories of him as a Michigan fan. But, well, a, um, <laughs> exactly. But, like, uh, I, I think I think from an overall you know perspective, Eastern clearly limited offensively, as you noted. That was his big Achilles heel, which is a big part of the game. So that's a pretty big Achilles heel yeah. to have. What was your visceral response when Eastern came when, when he was on your team for those weird twenty four hours? Yeah, the the day or two where where he was supposed to mm-hmm. come to Michigan. Um, didn't love him as a as a fit because of the fact, as you noted, he can't shoot. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, Xavier Simpson also had his limits as a shooter. Um, certainly a much Xavier Simpson factor. could, yeah, he could actually run the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of my thought, you know, could he be a poor man's Xavier Simpson, that type of thing. He was supposed to redshirt, I believe when he first transferred to Michigan again, everything about waivers and all that stuff is up in the air, but that was before COVID. I believe, I believe it was before COVID. Oh yeah. Um, hard to, hard to keep track of time these days, but, um, but still he, he played big minutes for Purdue. He was a great defender that, that part of the floor he was certainly good at. So I, I do think that that's a player you got to replace there. And then one guy you didn't mention was Proctor who played a lot of minutes last season. Um, somebody who they're going to have to replace as well. Um, but I, I think overall, as you noted, certainly, um, None of these guys are debilitating losses. There is no Carson Edwards in this group of departures. And then one other thing that that's really encouraging if you're a Purdue fan is the team was so they played so many guys last year. No, the only guy who played insane minutes was Hunter, right? And everybody else was just kind of a mix. So if if you lose one guy, you know it's not like you're losing. You know you're losing a quote unquote starter, but Really, all the other positions, there's multiple guys playing a lot of minutes. So I, I think you can be encouraged by that. Um, as far as the newcomers go, I, I think this is probably the best Purdue class in, in a while here uh, as far as talent. You mentioned Ivy. I think he's a guy who could play early on. Wouldn't be shocked if he ends up on the All-Big Ten freshman team. Morton, probably in the, the same category. He'll have a little more depth, I think, to beat out to get on the court. But Really like the newcomers, and then as you mentioned, there's a there's a couple guys here too, like Newman, who are coming off the red shirt, where they're not a newcomer technically, but but they kind of are because they didn't play last year. So there's a lot of new pieces that Matt Painter will get to work with this year, and I really like the depth of this team. Um, I'm uh, Williams, you know, 
we'll get to, I guess, the the best player and, and reasons for optimism, stuff like that a little bit later. But I like the way the newcomers fit into this lineup. Um, I, I I don't know if you have, uh, I, I guess, Swanigan's probably the you know highest rated recruit Purdue has landed in a decade plus. High school uh, recruiting doesn't mean anything. The rankings are dumb. <laughs> They're dumb. <laughs> Unless it's like a once in a generational far, player. But... Carson Edwards was like barely, not even a top 100 pick. I think there are exceptions, but I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, the, the five stars generally end up in the NBA draft, that, sure, that type the, of stuff. Yes, um, the seven or I... eight at the top. Okay, I'm saying between rake, ratings 25 to 150 doesn't really matter. I think once you get outside, I agree. Once you get outside of the very, very top, you know, the McDonald's all Americans types that it's a lot more about fit. It's a lot more about development and painter has a long track record of success at, at developing guys. So I, I think uh, to your point, you know, a four star in Matt painter's hands is probably a lot better than a four star in a lot of anyone in Indiana's hand. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the bait on that one, but four star at uh, Purdue greater than five star at Indiana. You can put that on the billboard. Uh, it's certainly been that way the last couple of years. There, there's no disputing that. Like, uh, I mean like 10, <laughs> I'm just um, straight trolling. IU this year. I'm, I'm tired <laughs> of their respect. I don't know why they have any. Um, yes, we, we haven't gotten to the Indiana preview yet, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so we've, we've hit on, you know, the guys that are leaving the guys that are coming in. So I guess moving to a little bit bigger picture stuff here, what are you the most excited about as far as this team is concerned? And conversely, what are you most concerned about? Yes. I'm excited for Sasha Stefanovic averaging 20 points a game. (laughs) Okay. Buckets. Okay. (laughs) Draining it from deep. So I did a piece a couple years ago on uh, uh, shooters, sharpshooters coming in and that transition between sophomore year to junior year. Cause I remember hearing Painter talk about a system and a lot of the guys say it takes almost three years to really feel comfortable and not have to think anymore about the motion offense. And you look at some of the shooters like Ryan Smith, DJ bird, Dakota Mathias, a lot of those guys tripled their three or doubled their three point outcome going into their junior year from their sophomore production. Uh, wow. Sasha's honestly way ahead of the curve for a lot of them. He made 64 threes on, 160 attempts last year, obviously super inconsistent. Um, a lot of that was front loaded, but he, there's no arguing that jump shot. It is as pure as there is in the country. He's bigger than he looks. He's faster than he looks. I think, especially when you surround him with other people that can actually shoot and make plays for him this year, I think he is ready to go off. Um, and it's, it's just really fun when you have a shooter like that. And we might have, two this year, but I'm definitely excited about that. Um, Thing I'm most worried about COVID. I mean, how can you not be? I, I don't know how this works. Like it should be easier with basketball because there's fewer players and it's easier to hold uh, fewer, you know, kids accountable, but they're kids. They're on campus. It's like the worst environment not to, catch a disease that can spread that easily. So I I think that's a concern. Um, Not anything selfish, like watching the game, just I'm worried these kids are going to, you know, catch it. Uh, You know, their heart 
they're showing what like 15% their heart enlarges. That's what I worry about. Um, because honestly, I will live with any results as long as they get on the court, they're safe. Um, we get a little more distraction, but it's really hard to get like negative about anything on the court right now. Probably not, probably not the answer you're looking for, but it wasn't, but well said, <laughs> well said nonetheless. Yeah, I think I'm I worried think about Travion Williams getting in foul trouble because we don't have any other big men. Yeah, I, I think from my perspective, you know, things you're the most excited about. Again, I, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I, I think the first thing you got to note is that this team was a lot better than its record showed last year. You're not starting from the basement. You're starting a lot higher. And a lot of these pieces are back. They were inexperienced last year. They were put into roles probably a little bit too early because uh, I think when Carson Edwards was originally recruited, as you mentioned, he wasn't a high-profile guy. From the scholarship chart, you would expect he was going to be back last year. That team Moreover, was him. Yes. Moreover, you know, Eastern was, I mean, there were people talking about him as an all big 10 first team type of guy coming into the Mm -hmm. season and obviously did not deliver on, on that type of hype. Uh, Whether it was justified or not is a different story, but um, they really needed one of those guards to take a massive step forward. Did not happen to the extent that they needed to maintain that elite level play. So I, I think, um, uh, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, <laughs> they they started higher up. Um, and it, you mentioned that there were young guys in roles where maybe a little bit early. And I think a lot of them have grown into that. And now you're going to have a lot of upperclassmen in key roles, a lot of guys with experience, you know, Williams, Hunter, Stavanovic, all of them have experience now. They've had time to to craft, so you would expect all all of those guys to elevate their game, and then you insert those newcomers. So I think the roster fits together very well now um, with the added experience, with the fact that Williams sort of had a breakout year, um, despite the fact you know Purdue may not have achieved as much as a team as fans would have liked, but um, certainly his his arrow was pointing straight up last season and really took that uh, position by storm. You mentioned Harms, you know. Very, very hyped coming into the season, but really just got blown past by Williams, mm-hmm. and which I think is exciting for Purdue fans. So I, I think all that stuff, great things to be optimistic about. Conversely, um, you mentioned the front court depth, uh, certainly a concern, you know, without harms there. Um, additionally, you're going to have to find another starter or two on the wing. We'll see. You know, Wheeler was up and down. Uh, to say the least, you're probably you don't like someone that shoots 21 for 97 from three. <laughs> not a huge fan of that. Not okay. a huge fan of that. Yeah, 21 percent. Um, not not the best. So they're gonna need somebody to step on the up on the wing. My assumption would be you're probably going to see some of the newcomers get tried out. Um, where what spot? You know, the two, three, or four. Uh, we'll see but I'm guessing some of those new faces are going to be mixed in there. And obviously Purdue is going to need some of those guys to take a step up. Additionally, you do wonder, um, you know, Hunter had a great performance defensively last year. You know, he did some, mm-hmm. a lot of the little things right, but yep. where's the ceiling? You know, he needs to be a, either a better shooter or better at getting to the line. Um, you know, some of those types of things. I, and see, I don't, much- I, 
I don't know if that's true. I, I, I think a big okay. thing about the new guys we're bringing in is that he mm-hmm. won't be asked to do that as much. He will go back to a secondary role on offense, the third or fourth option on the court, which makes him exponentially more valuable. Well, and, and maybe maybe that's the case. You know, one of the other guys step up and he can sort of drift back into that role, which I, I think he's great as a complimentary offensive piece. I agree completely. And and that's the kind of question. Can one of those young guys step up? And it's always dangerous, depending on freshmen and guys who haven't done mm-hmm. anything to, to do something. So those are the things I, I think for fans that um, you got to be concerned about. But again, there's there's a lot of pieces here. So you you certainly hope that that one of them at least can can hit. But um, oh, go ahead. But I should say we mentioned all those freshmen, and I forgot to mention the uh, big guy Zach Eady. Um, mm. Everything we're hearing lately is that he has been surprisingly good, and that um, not looking like a red shirt is very likely for him. That he's been playing well. Wow. Uh, you know, he comes from. IMG Academy. So he played with a lot of real people and mm-hmm. everyone's, I mean, he's seven foot three, uh, gigantic, um, obviously Purdue's got a lot of success with that. So <laughs> he's probably a big answer for some of the depth though. I think this entire season comes down to Aaron Wheeler, not shooting 20% from three because he is right now slotted in as R four. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, I, I agree. I think he could be the the X factor, so to speak, for for Purdue. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, on that, in maybe the same vein, I guess a, a little bit of a different topic here. But um, as far as the best player, I, I think we we probably can both agree that the circle is going to be on Williams coming yeah, into this year. Um, if you had to pick number two, though, uh, who are you going with for Purdue this year? Uh Sasha. I. Uh, Last year was a very trying time. Um, his road shooting was very concerning and almost inexplicable how bad it was compared to his home splits. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just like the kid. He's never scared. He was our most effective guy driving to the hoop last year. That is not mm-hmm. his skill set, but he just wasn't scared. And I will take a shooter that's not scared. Um Stepping into his junior year, I think he's really going to step out. I, I, He's a problem for defenses, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I, At times, like he's really good on defense, really good help defender, drawing charges, getting into the passing lanes. I think he's our number two, um, but the exciting thing is I, I think we've got five or six guys that can be that second, third fiddle every game. Uh, I think Brandon Newman's going to be it. I think Aaron Hunter is going to be it a lot. Isaiah Thompson has that kind of game where he can come in and put up 15 points in five minutes. Uh, the fact we have so many different people that could potentially work around a pretty consistent low post threat is, I think, where the upside is for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair, fairly said. Um, on on that front, I, I did want to ask because you mentioned you know the home road split. And I think this is the appropriate team to bring it up with Uh, the fact that, I mean, things could change between now and, you know, January. It seems like things change every week to week, month to month. But as of now, we got to assume there are going to be no fans in any of these Big Ten games. 
Purdue has been known as having one of the best home court advantages in the Big Ten for quite some time now, and certainly one of the best home courts in all of college basketball at this point. Um, so I, I want to ask you first, how big of an impact do you think that would have on Purdue where, I mean, the the home versus road performance the last couple of years has been pretty drastic for the Boilermakers. And then uh, after you, you touch on that, um, I do want to get your, your prediction for a starting lineup this year for Purdue. So it kind of works two ways, right? Because we're a young team. Young teams like to play at home. Obviously, Mackey is an incredible environment. But it also means we're not going into other environments that are loud and scary and throw you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, don't, I mean, we probably lose out because Mackey's like top five atmosphere. Um, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird for the. I don't know if it'll be as weird for some of the kids um, coming from high school. Uh, I guess the ones from Indiana, the gyms are probably pity packed. I don't. It's just a weird time. It, it, who? I I don't know how to predict how 19, 20, 21 year olds are going to deal with something we've never had before. It sucks. We won't have Mackey. All the college games are going to feel weird. You're going to watch a big yeah. 10 game and it's going to look like a swack game in the middle of January. Um, it's going to be jarring. Uh, but I, I think kids, uh, I, I think they will be resilient. I think, you know, you're on the court, you're on the court and it's going to feel like an AAU tournament or something different and it's going to suck for them. But we just watched with the NBA finals, the players will bring their own intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we met, we're going to miss out on Mackie magic, but every, every school is going to do that. Every school is going to feel weird about traveling. So I, I think it's a wash across the board. And what was the second question? Starting lineup, 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 lineup. Um, let's start easy. Uh, it's definitely going to be Trevion Williams at center. Um, it'll be Aaron Wheeler, Wheeler at power forward. Eric Hunter has definitely locked down a guard spot. Um, and then I think it'll be Sasha and Ivy. I think those, I don't know if we'll start that way, but I, I think that'll definitely be how we end. I think those are, that's our best five lineup. Okay. Yeah. I have Hunter. Sasha Williams, I think those three are pretty safe bets. Um, I, I, I agree. I think I. Well, I mean, I, I think Wheeler's going to make it into the lineup for better or worse. Um, we'll see if he can stay there. And Ivy's interesting because that last spot, I'm, I'm very mixed on on who I like there. So I, I, I'm interested to hear you say that and how high you are on him because. Um, that would obviously mean some pretty big things for Purdue if a freshman mm-hmm. could earn his way in and contribute significantly. Um, that would be, as you said, I think that would be best case scenario for Purdue coming into the season and then rotate behind him. But um, interesting. Yeah. I, I do think the lineup will be substantially more dangerous offensively as you've noted yeah. a few times here. Today. We were really bad on like coach painter for the last 10 years pretty much has never not had a top 20 offense. And we were 50th last year. Can pump that. It's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, I guess moving to the next one, normally I'd ask you about the schedule, but obviously we have no idea how yeah. that's going to work out, but um, 
overall thoughts on the season again we have no schedule so i can't ask you to predict game by game anything like that but um how do you think purdue does this year do you think they're going to make the postseason assuming we get one and just overall thoughts as far as the boilermakers are concerned i think the season's definitely going to come down to depth at some point probably multiple points all year teams are going to miss some of their best players for one to two to three week stretches they're just going to test positive it's just it's going to happen it's Mm -hmm. the world we're living in like you just got to get used to it so having the depth purdue has is going to be a big advantage i also will never like i never really doubted painter's ability but he's already shown what he could do with freshmen over and over again with big freshman classes and i i am not scared that he's gonna even in these times have them ready to play I, so I think, I think they have, if we get an NCAA tournament, uh, a sweet 16 to elite eight um, type team. If, if a lot of the young guys uh, click, if Trevion comes back, comes, you know, in even better shape than last year, last year, uh, he really made an improvement on playing more minutes and playing hard the whole time. Uh, You know, I, I think the pieces are there for a, for a very dangerous team that is going to have a lot of guys that can shoot and score from all over the place. And this team will be very athletic. We should defend the ball very well. And I, 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 I'm going to take, I'm going to take our depth over a lot of other things in the big 10 where there's not much certainty in other places. And I think it, it worked out that we're bringing in four freshmen, five freshmen this year. Um, that really put us almost 10, 11 deep. Mm-hmm. Good points. Yeah. I mean, the COVID thing is such a, an elephant in the room that mm-hmm. that's really hard to evaluate the home road thing. As you mentioned, the fact that, you know, the non-conference schedule is probably going to be very abbreviated. So, I mean, if you have a lot of new faces, uh, are you going to be ready by the time we hit, we hit right. conference play? A lot of coaches use that as an opportunity to experiment with lineups to do you think we'll have a non-conference schedule oh absolutely i absolutely believe we will i just i think what you're gonna see is the typical buy games are gonna be evaporated i think that's gonna be the big difference i think you're going to see most teams are still gonna play their non-conference tournament it will just be at home and they're gonna play probably a lot of local teams and i think the big 10 acc challenge is gonna get played um a few of the other premier events like i would think the big 12 sec challenge will get played but it's i think it's going to be abbreviated i think you're probably going to cut five games or so off the top and it's mainly going to be the games where you know you play a mac team you play a low-end mid-banger and just experiment with your bench and, and see who can do what and you know for the teams again that that have a lot of turnover you know maryland michigan um, even Nebraska to a certain extent, um, you know, some of those teams, you wonder how ready are they going to be when we get to conference play because they don't have those experimental games. So I, I think that is all weighing in the background. It's difficult to anticipate how that's going to sort out. But I think as far as Purdue is concerned, I think they're going to be much better as far as Big Ten condition positioning. I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I don't – I think the Big Ten is going to be – about as good as it was last year, this year. I think the big difference, though, is I think it's going to be very, very top-heavy. Last year, it was 
you didn't really have the elite, elite teams. I mean, maybe Michigan State was there. Some people will probably argue that. But I think you had just about the entire league was like a top 40 team last season. And yeah, I I don't think you're going to get that this year, but I think you're going to get three, four teams that are top 10, top 12, which will mm-hmm. make the schedule easier, as weird as that sounds. So I think that's going to help teams like Purdue. I think they will they are going to be solidly in the tournament. And I think it's once there, it's going to come down to, as you've noted, you know, what's the backcourt going to look like? How does, how do the freshmen do Um, some of those things? Could I see them making the second weekend? Yeah, I I could certainly if depth ends up being a huge factor with COVID and and all this stuff, but um, I don't, I don't see them being a title contender. I, I don't see quite that level of play particularly in what should be a top-heavy conference, but excluding maybe Iowa, Illinois, maybe Wisconsin, um, you know, I could see Purdue finishing fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that in the Big Ten, which I think would be a really solid finish this year. Are we doing this Iowa thing again, really? (laughs) Um, I think I had the same talk last year. We we have gone back and forth on Iowa a, a few times, um, and you I know there can't they're... be a good team if you have the ninety seventh best defense in the country. Um, well, I mean, they I gave them one hundred four points to this Purdue team, or last year's <laughs> Purdue team. Iowa's not going to win the Big Ten if they don't improve defensively. There's no there's no disputing that 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 is absolutely true. Um, I do think they're going to improve there. How much? That that remains to be seen. If I'm betting, um, I I had Iowa first in my last power rankings as far as the Big Ten is concerned. I don't think I'm going to put them first when we actually, you know, finish my season preview here. Um, what what is because... the ceiling on your defense if Luke Garza is your center? <laughs> Best well, case I scenario. Mean... We we have seen some some underwhelming defensive teams do some damage. Again, can't be 97th. Can't be 97th, <laughs> but um, you know, if they bump it up to top 50 with that offense, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Uh, so we'll see, but it, it should be interesting. Um, but Casey, once again, if, if thank you for joining us, we appreciate it. If you can just plug your site one more time, and then um, if you got any final thoughts on the Big Ten or, or college basketball in general, yeah, uh, I'm on Hammer and Rails. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Um, I, I, I I just hope everything you know, just be better world. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> we could, if we just be a little better, we can have basketball and nice things again. That would be nice. That would be nice. We're we're all rooting for it. Uh again, thank you for joining us for for fans of Purdue or people interested in them. Definitely check out Hammer and Rails. Um additionally, we got a lot of preseason content. We're sort of starting the uh the spigot uh, the last couple of weeks uh, as far as the Big Ten is concerned. So definitely check out btpowerhouse.com. We're doing our top 25 player rankings uh, day by day. So so check out those. Um, all We're going to be podcasting every preview for every Big Ten team. Check those out. Thank you again for joining us. Um, for everybody listening, we appreciate it. Um, stay safe, mask up, and we'll see you guys next time.